Hello and welcome to this episode of the Corporate Escapist TV show and podcast. I am super excited to have this. Well, like I found you on Instagram and I must admit, I was just super blown away and I sent you a DM and you said yes to come on the show. So I'm like, tick that one off for the year. Thank you so much. So James, welcome so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's really exciting to be hanging out with you this morning and uh, and just turning up to add some value. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I can get totally carried away. So before I do, I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself to the audience. And then we're going to dive into some, you know, really great questions to help people along their journey. Perfect. Yeah, sounds really good. Look, I could introduce myself with the, with the official, with the official uh, audio logo and all of the, and all of the credibility pieces, but I'm going to do something a little bit different if that's okay with you. Absolutely. And ask you, are you a question on behalf of the audience? Because I know that they'll be listening and they'll be answering this too. Have you seen the movie Taken with Liam Neeson? Yes, I have. Right. You remember that movie. Yes. But I, most people I'm assuming that are listening at some stage went and, and they, they saw that movie Taken with, with Liam Neeson. And you might remember in the movie Taken, there's a really famous, there's a really famous part in there that, that most people remember from the movie. And it's the part where it's the part where Liam Neeson's daughter has been taken hostage right and then the kidnappers they they call Liam Neeson and they say they call him and he picks up the phone and they say we've got your daughter and a few words are exchanged and then Liam he says something to them and he says I want you to listen to me and I want you to listen to me very carefully what I need you to know is I have a very particular set of skills skills that make me a nightmare for people like you I will find you and I will kill you well I'm a little bit like that in a sense that every single person and especially business owners, every single person have been holding a part of themselves hostage for their whole entire life. And I have a very particular set of skills and I will find it and we will set it free. That is me in a nutshell. That is what I, I do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so interesting you said that because I was on the call to my coach last night and she keeps telling me, Christine, you're playing too small. You're playing too small. <laughs> so it's so true though, isn't it? Like we can think that, you know, so much, you know, oh, I've done this, I've done that. But there's always something holding us back. And believe it or not, I really do believe that a lot of business owners, it's the fear of success. 100%. 100%. 100%. And, um, and that's the thing, right? It's 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 about finding it's about finding and portraying that that unique skill that, that we all have, and we all have it. And I'm hoping that someone that's listening to this right now and and heard that piece took that piece from that. You know, well, what is that unique skill? What what makes you Liam Neeson? What makes you have that very particular set of skills that makes you a no brainer for the clients that want to find you? Um, and that's why I just love introducing myself that way because really at my core, that's that's what I'm all about. And and uh, you know, in a, in a more specific way, I, I generally work with six and seven figure business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, consultants. And what I do at at the core is I teach them how to sell high ticket, speak from stage, and increase their level of fulfillment in their life and their business. My core philosophy is to is to work less, prioritize fulfillment and allow that to make more money, more love, and more of everything that you desire in your life. So most of the time when when business owners come to me in, a, on a, in, a, in an official capacity, they're coming to me with a problem that, they, that they've tried to fix with a whole bunch of strategies, you know, that they've tried to fix with, with everything but that one piece. 
And what I found is when, when we're going through that paradigm shift, and I know that you serve, you know, a lot of business owners who are, who are, you know, escaping the corporate life and they're going through this massive paradigm shift in, in their life where they're escaping their corporate grind and they're moving into this whole new phase of life. And it requires a whole new identity. And to create that paradigm shift, you've got to be able to go within. You've got to be able to find that one part of yourself or parts of yourself that you've been holding hostage and you've got to set it free. In a moment you set it free, things just start happening synchronously. In, in synchronously. Things just start happening with ease and from flow. You know, I always say it's, it's, um, it's, from, it's going from force to flow. And that's what we want to be able to create. But it's that part of ourselves that we hold hostage that sits right in the middle and it blocks the flow. So when we remove that, we can move from force, we can move into flow, the energy can move freely, the universe can deliver to us all of the goods. And really, that's what I'm all about. And for me, high ticket sales and speaking specifically in business is a, is a really big key into how we create that kind of paradigm shift from the corporate grind, if you will, and from working hard to make money and to create time to working smart, prioritizing fulfillment as the key metric for success always, and then being able to effectively work less to be able to earn the same or if not more than what you're used to so that you can live a great life. Because otherwise, why do we do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's really interesting, like what you were just saying, because the key thing for when I shifted was I had to let go of my corporate identity because I remember I had I had a not so gracious exit from corporate and it was at my mum's um, surprise 60th and someone said to me, what are you doing? Now, I never have a problem with talking, so hence why I've got a TV show. But, yeah. you know, it, it's like it was the one time I could not answer because I didn't have a job. So because I didn't have that job, what was my title? Because I had my whole worth associated with my job title. And this is where I find the biggest thing with, you know, people who are either wanting to, it's not even just escaping corporate. I always say escaping corporate is like the corporate mentality around, you know, like you've got to live their life, their version, their values, their mission, their purpose. But finding who you are, that is really key. And when you do, that unlocks so many different things. And then you start questioning absolutely everything that you've learned in life. Yeah. Oh, I, I resonate with that massively. And, and, it, and it's so cool that you, that, you, that you say that because, you know, I, I was doing a, a talk in front of 130 people at a, at a wealth mastermind uh, about 10 days ago. And I was teaching the, the transformational sales method, which is my signature sales method. And one, and the first thing I said to them was, what if you never had to sell? What if today I wasn't here to teach you how to sell? What if today I was just here to show you who you need to become? Mm. What if the key to transformational sales, what if the key to high ticket sales, what if the key to speaking from stage isn't about what you need to do? What if it's about who you need to be? And that's that paradigm shift, right? Where we attach our identity identity to the things we're doing rather than who we're being and we consider what do I need to do to create success in my life and we start doing things to have the success that we want to have the things that we want and we that becomes our identity rather than actually stopping for a moment and going well actually who do I want to be and if I want to be this person what are the things I must now do to have what I want to have and it's that shift of focus you know and we live in a world that that 
you know, in, in, in school, we live in a world that's always like, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know what I mean? Like, think about that for a moment, right? You need to start thinking about what do you want to do when you grow up? Not the better question, which would be, who do you want to be? Mm. Mm. And it's, it, it's interesting. It's just one word. It, it, it's one word that just changes the whole direction of absolutely everything. And what I've found, though, is so many business owners don't look at, you know, that they get scared. Like if we talk about speaking, so many people go, you know, well, how can you do it? And I remember my first time doing an interview, I literally was sweating like everywhere. Like I was just like bright red in the face. Like I was so nervous. But what changed it around is it's no longer it's about me. It's about everybody else. And I think so many business owners forget that. They go into business for themselves. But look at the people that you're going to serve and how you change their lives. And it stops it all being about you and makes it about everybody else. 100% yeah I agree and that's why that question is so important you know and if you're listening right now I I ask you right now have you have you really stopped for long enough because that's another key piece right you've got to stop for long enough to be with all of the feelings and to be with all of the thoughts and to just be in the energy of your life right now have you really stopped for long enough and asked yourself who do I want to be in this life You know, who's the, who's the mum? Who's the dad I want to be? Who's the friend I want to be? Who's the business owner I want to be? Who's the me I want to be? Mm. Because when you start to answer that question, like you said, it, 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 it automatically becomes bigger than yourself, mm. you know, and what you must do just kind of becomes obvious. Yeah. And I find that it's super scary for people to do that because a lot of the times they're the first person in their family who is starting a business. So they're taking that road that is so less traveled and so different to everybody else that, you know, sometimes my family think I'm batshit crazy. Like they honestly like going, well, what are you doing? Like, because I'm not going and, you know, doing the normal corporate career, which I did for 22 years. So what advice would you give to people when they're there standing alone and they're asking these really deep, powerful questions and thinking of taking, you know, this untraveled road before? What What are some of the, the points that you would ask them to, to really sink into today? Look, there's one really important piece in it, and I say this to my clients a lot, especially once the paradigm shift has become real you're going to make this decision with fear. Whether you don't do it or you do do it, you're going to be in fear anyway. So there is no making this decision. There is no walking this path without the fear. So if you embrace it and you recognize that fear is what shows you that this is worth it, nothing worthwhile in life, nothing big enough, right? That's bigger than yourself. Doesn't scare you at least a little bit. And something that's so much bigger than you should scare you equally as much. And that's what makes it important. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make the decision with or without fear. So do it Mm -hmm. and learn how to hold the paradox of fear and excitement and understand that they're actually interchangeable. Right. And neurologically, when we look at the chemicals that are playing out, they're very similar as well. You know, anxiety and excitement, fear, fear is anxiety, anxiety, excitement. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we learn to hold that paradox of, of being in both and doing it anyway, it's a, it's, 
it changes everything because one thing, and this is uh, something that I've, that I heard recently, uh, I was, I was reading, uh, the book, seven habits of highly effective people. And there's something that they said in there and they, and they speak about the fact that ineffective people often subordinate discipline for feelings. Meaning that that fear is present. I'm feeling like I can't do it. I'm feeling like feeling, 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 feeling. And so we make the decision only based on what we're feeling. Now, trust me, I'll be the first one to say what you're feeling really matters. And, and that's what we do in, 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 in what I teach and how I teach business. It's 99% feeling based, 95% feeling based. But discipline is also really important. And that is that piece of doing it anyway. The feelings can be present and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it anyway. And if you do it in a disciplined fashion and you do it consistently more and more and more and more every day, every week, every month, the fear just gets less and less and less and less. And the excitement gets more and more and more and more and more, you know, it's like any training. If you want to be great at life, if you want to be great at business, if you want to be accountable to deep level of fulfillment, if it's no different to wanting to be a world champion, hundred meter sprinter, you're going to train for it every day and you're going to train for it for many years and you're going to bring in the best of the best to help you. And you're going to show up far above average. You're going to show up far above good. You're going to show up far above great. You're going to show up as excellent, right? The enemy of excellence is good enough. Mm-hmm. And this piece is so important about showing up and being disciplined at showing up. And even if you start small, that's okay. But as long as you do it regularly and it becomes a habit, then things start to change because the fear, it it never goes away, does it? Yeah, <laughs> Christine, I know you know like it it never does you know every time the new level presents itself we're like am I really going to become that person exactly exactly like my son said to me a few years ago he goes mum I don't even know who you are anymore because all he (laughs) saw like growing up was mum in corporate you know and then there's this person who's like going to meetings speaking on stage you know now on like cover of magazines like and all this sort of stuff and he's just like going like I don't know who you are and I think that's also the hard point because you also have to have well you don't have to have the conversations but sometimes you have to have those conversations with people that are in your circle and let's just say family and friends that see the change in you but they want to pull you back to where you used to be not to where you're going hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's the thing, right? Like in, environment is so important. And if we live in an environment where we've got anchors that, that have us face our past more often than our future, it becomes a problem for us. And it's not, it's a problem that, are, that entrepreneurs face particularly at the beginning of their journey, but it, but it consistently happens right throughout their journey is the, the places that the, the, the people and the things in your life that represent comfort and represent your past will always call you back to the past more than that will push you forward to the future. And you've got to be able to create that discernment. You've got to be willing to travel the path untraveled. You've got to be willing to be the pioneer, to be the leader. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a leader, you know, and true entrepreneurs, people who who move and escape the grind and, and move into a life of sovereignty and freedom, they're leading. And so you've got to be that leader. You've got to be the one who's in front. You've got to channel that excellence, you know, and you've got to learn about excellent behavior because otherwise it, it, 
it's always going to be really hard and you're always going to subordinate discipline and excellent behavior for the feeling of fear, right? And like we said, in life, fear is inevitable, but it's also amazing. You know, it is such a beautiful, beautiful emotion because Mm -hmm. it always shows us every time that it's present, it always shows us that there's something important for us to consider here. Yeah, and there's something bigger than us. Bigger than us. You know, us. like sometimes we don't realise what we've we've achieved until it's happened. Like you can see the vision of it, but when it's done or you've gotten to that place and then you sort of reflect back, you can then sort of go, well, wow, that was actually bigger than what I could imagine because that fear has stopped us dreaming even bigger. 100%, 100%. And, and again, every, every, every new venture that you take on, every time you're considering going to, a, you know, a next level for you, whatever that level looks like, mm. it's going to be present and you're going to need to push through that threshold. You're going to need to push through that barrier in some way. And not, and on the opposite side of the spectrum where you're, like I said, pushing through the threshold, you've also got to have an equal amount of acceptance to be with it and be in it and not need to change it. Does that make sense? Because a lot of the time people focus so much on trying to change the fear, so much on doing all the things to remove the fear rather than embracing and being with the fear and building their, their, their resilience and their tolerance to fear and doing the thing anyway. Mm. You can, if you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you're about to do a 20 meter jump, something that I've enjoyed many times in my life, you know, and you're about to jump 20 meters off a cliff into, into the water below, there's fear present. And you can spend all day trying to get rid of the fear, but you're always going to have at very least a little bit that's there. And the faster that you jump, the quicker the fear leaves. And then if you do it again, there's a bit less fear. And if you do it again, there's a bit less fear and you start getting better at it and better at it and better at it. So if we spend all of our time trying to change the fear rather than being with the fear, it's that word again, right? Be, being with the fear, accepting Mm -hmm. it, being in it, getting used to it, making it normal for ourselves. Then all of a sudden fear can be present and action can happen at the same time because it's normal. And the most successful people that we see, the most successful leaders that we see who run big successful businesses, who do amazing things on this planet, what they've done is they've developed a relationship with fear. Mm. And it looks like that. Their their acceptance of fear being present and do it anyway is is amazing. And I, you know, I have have I have the fortunate pleasure of having a network full of seven figure, eight figure, nine figure, and even billionaire business owners. And it's one thing that you will see consistently amongst all of those people is their relationship with fear looks different to the average person. And that's why they've created excellent results in the form of business. Mm. Do you find that like also with fear that we also procrastinate because we are so scared, but we just don't know how to, you know, like you said, you know, push forward or, you know, have that relationship with it. So there's, you know, there's times where I will procrastinate, but it's not procrastinating because I don't think I can do it. It's also the fear of what's actually coming with that. Oh, that's such a great point, Christine. I love that. And you're you're so right because the, the thing is, is fear looks and feels different to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, and so procrastination is 100% a manifestation of one person's version of fear. 
Mm. You know, it can look like it can look like the traditional ang- anxiousness and 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 whatnot for some people, but sometimes people don't even get there because their mechanisms kick in first. So if we procrastinate, then we never need to to feel the feeling, mm. right? And so it's it's a it's it's like um, a whole bunch of channels and roadblocks in between the actual feeling of fear that we can put in place. One of the things that um, you know, I, I have I have a client right now, for example who's just started not that long ago, highly successful human, amazing at, at, at what they do. You know, one of those kind of people that, you know, when they do something, they're just always great, great at it more, more times than not. You know what I mean? They're they're great. They're better than the average person always. It's just how they live their life. However, their excellence is being blocked and their excellence is being blocked because at the moment that particular person doesn't understand what fear looks like. So it manifests as in, I'm not scared. I'm not feeling fear, but the fear is present, but it's underneath layers of mechanisms such as procrastination, avoidance. It it looks different for different people, right? And we build these layers underneath it so that we don't admit the fear is present so that we protect ourselves from feeling it because feeling it is so scary, right? Mm. Because we're not willing to accept it. But when we come to a space where we're willing to accept it, we can break through those layers. Yeah. I love it how you talked about the feelings because I am such a big believer that so after I left corporate, I actually was really numb. Like I literally would be be on autopilot in corporate and some days I don't even remember how I got to work. I knew I drove, but I don't remember the drive because I wasn't in the moment. But what I realized is that I was so conditioned to just, just keep going that I never allowed feelings to come into my life now I believe I'm a highly sensitive person like I can be happy sad whatever in 10 in 10 minutes I can feel all Mm -hmm. of it but when you feel the emotions that's when you can actually start to heal because if you're not feeling anything how do you know how you which area of your life or what part was in you that you still need to heal and how, like, how do you feel about that? And when your clients come to you and they're talking about fear, they're talking about all these other things, but they're just not even feeling anything because they're just on autopilot themselves. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's funny. One of my, um, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a client, a strategic partner and a close friend of mine. His name is Dr. Espen. He runs one of Australia's largest. I know him, yes. Yeah, he runs one of Australia's yeah. largest self-development com- companies. And um, I've worked very closely as him as his one-on-one coach for nine months. And I work with with him and his team uh, in sales and speaking uh, for their events. And and I and I speak on their stage really regularly. You know, we're really close. We had a great relationship. And he he's one of the things that he always, you know, says in in uh, in their three-day healing event is the feeling is the healing. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're, so you're so right. It's just as simple as that, Christine, the feeling is the healing. You can go on, you can go on avoiding, avoiding, avoiding and allowing your mechanisms to control you and avoiding feeling. But if you don't feel it, you cannot heal it Mm. and you can sell it to yourself in every way that you want, but you've got to be able to feel it. And I totally resonate with you because I was there too. My previous, my previous company uh, before this one, we, we were doing so well, you know, and from the outside, it was, it was really good. The money was coming in, the clients were coming in. We were, we were scaling fast. We we're doing six figure months, you know, all of the things that, that everyone loves about a, about a successful coaching company. But for me, it was just a constant hustle. 
it was built on it was built on behaviors and 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 a workload and and a system that I actually just didn't believe in deep down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it was going against my grain, you know, of who I am. And and I was like you, like the stress got so much and the and the grind got so much that I I I, I hadn't even realized that I just wasn't feeling. And it was blocking my ability to, to, to create fulfillment in life. It was blocking my ability to show my partner love. It was blocking my ability to feel excited about doing things that I know that I love doing, but I go to do them and the excitement's just not there. It was just this perpetual state of numbness to deal with the stress that had been created and avoid the fear of change. And that's why we do it because the fear of change is stressful. We create the numbness. It deals with the stress. We avoid the fear of change, but then the whole thing just perpetuates, and we stay caught in that in that loop. And I was there too. And the and the scariest thing that I ever did was make the decision to to shut the entire business down, let go of the team, knowing that it would be the best thing for them, and that they would create even more success without me. And actually, just clean the slate and start over. And back to your original point of, you know, when someone's someone's standing there and everyone's saying one thing and they know that they want to go and do something differently and everyone's calling them crazy for doing it. Well, I I I, I applied that in in the new business and the current business called World Speaker Institute that I'm representing right now. You know, I, I applied that, and it was only January this year where I had this amazing opportunity to take three years of business success and skill sets but actually start from a clean slate. And my piece was this. I didn't I wanted to I wanted to be able to earn the same amount of money but only working less than 10 hours a week and taking regular time off. And I knew that it was possible and people called me crazy and I also wanted to do it without social media. And what's really funny is I have a social media but I don't actually use it and you and it's funny because I still get people like yourself messaging me on social media. I've had just in the last couple of weeks, I've had multiple speaking gigs through come through my social media, but I actually don't use it for my business at all. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I stopped that, and I really wanted to prove that it was possible. And and in five months, I was able to go from from uh, I started this business uh, itself in the red. I paid some stuff off from a, from the previous business, so I started at ten thousand dollars in the red, ten thousand dollars in the negative. And I was $10,000 in front within the first two weeks. And then five months later, I was officially a six-figure business, actually a multi-six-figure business, I should say, working less than 10 hours a week. I had taken two two-week holidays, two one-week holidays, and countless two- and three-day um getaways in that same five months and was able to bring it to life without social media. And it was really scary at the start. Like, am I really going to be able to do this? Am I crazy? And he just held the line and I just did it anyway. And I just trusted myself. I love that so much because I think so many times that we hear, you know, oh, I followed this plan. I followed this. I followed, you know, all these different things. So I've, I've got a business. And I don't have a business plan. But the, the plan, the vision is there. It's yeah. not a actual of by this month I'm doing this this month I'm doing that because I'm very much what I feel is connected and doing aligned action and making sure that I myself am in alignment with my business because I don't want the business to work for me I want to work for the business and do what lights me up 
And I think so many people get carried away by, oh, I've got to work in the business. I've got to keep doing this. I've got to keep doing this. And it's the hustle and the grind. Whereas you then will lose your passion. And that's when burnout and all that happens as well. And you lose your presence. You do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was one of my biggest realizations because with that numbness of not feeling, you realize how, how much of a lack of presence you've created in your life. And Mm -hmm. I started to realize how present I was being and most importantly, was not being. And I looked at that and I thought, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be that man. No. And so that, that switch is about, was about cultivating presence. And when you, when you cultivate presence, you unlock new feelings, you unlock new emotions. You know, I, I think I've learned 10 new emotions in the last nine months, 10 new feelings. Well, what does that mean, James? Well, it means that the more feelings and the more emotions you learn how to describe in your life, the more information that you can get and the further you can expand, the more people you can communicate to, the deeper you can go in clients. And in business in business sense, that actually equates very simply. It means people pay you more, mm-hmm. which means that you need to work less because through your presence and your accountability to your own presence, you can actually charge more, go deeper and get these fundamental paradigm shifts for people while staying committed to presence and fulfillment in your life. Mm. Oh, I just I love that. Love it so much. Like, I, look, I honestly think what you're doing is truly amazing. I think, you know, like we're very much um, similar, like we believe, like sharing stories. I'm such a big believer that every single business owner needs to share their story, whether they want to do it in print or on stage, you need to to do it. Um, how can people work with you? <laughs> well, funnily enough, like you, um, you can find me through social media at World Speaker Institute on Instagram or at James Balog on Facebook and send me a message. You're not going to find too much, too much content there because again, I don't, that's not, it's not how I use it. It's, it's like this, mm-hmm. right? My, my core piece is, is, uh, you're going to see me speaking on a stage somewhere or you're going to get referred to me. And that's how the entire business, that's how the entire business rolls. So if, if, if people want to work with me, it, it starts with sending a message because, for me at the core, it's, it's, a, it's, I run a relationship based business, meaning that, that I want you to reach out. I want you to talk to me and I want to build off that. And if we can see each other having a, what, what I call a fulfilling relationship that can lead to a lucrative relationship, mm-hmm. then we're on. Then yeah. I've got what you need. And that becomes the core piece. So the, f- the first and foremost way to do it is to just track me down and send a message. And kind of like, kind of exactly the way you did, right? Yeah. And if our values aligned, align, and if if what you need is what I've got, I'll tell you. Yeah. And if it's not, I'll also tell you. It's that simple, and I'll probably point you in the right direction. Oh, I love that, and I think every like it. Honestly, when I first started in business, it was all about oh my god, I've got I'm making this sale, I'm making this sale. But now it is. I always say to my clients, I am not transactional. I am relationship similar to you because I value them and if we can do something like I have clients now come back and work with me multiple times because we have a great relationship and it's removing yes there's still business part of it but it's a lifelong relationship that you can help and support each other as well so I just want to say that I absolutely love what you're doing and what you're all about and I'm excited to keep following you and learn more and hopefully I'll get to see you on stage 
um, around the track somewhere. I'm sure we will. Um, but I've got five random questions that I would love to ask you. So the first one is, would you prefer to watch a movie or to read a book? I love movies, as you could probably tell from the quote yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Are you a beach or a country person? Oh, I'm a beach person. Oh, same, same. Um, coffee or tea in the morning? Coffee, but decaf. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not game enough to go down that path yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, would you prefer to travel by boat or plane? Boat. Boat. Only because I'm an ocean guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally get it, totally get it. And if you could sit down with one person and ask them a question, past, present, um, who would that be? I would sit down with David Attenborough. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, amazing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, I just want to say thank you again for being here. We're going to drop all of the links where they can reach out to you below. If you've got any questions as well, make sure you pop them in the comments for this episode and we'll reach out to you as well. Thank you so much, James, for being here. It has been the like the most best interview so far. So thank you so much. <laughs> thanks christina so appreciate it and uh have an epic day everybody yeah absolutely and to all of you who are watching thank you so much if you've loved this episode don't forget to hit that like and follow and subscribe button and remember to follow your passion every single day love and light to you all